Well, good day, everybody. Pastor Tim Carson-Catton here, Christian Center, Shreveport. We're finishing up our teaching on the Feast of Hanukkah and what the Lord is speaking prophetically through that this year. We're going to close it out today about how Hanukkah is about us being joined as one with the Lord, the spirit of unity that this feast speaks of. That's what we shared yesterday about the oil and the wine. There is plenty to share. What we receive, we give out. Well, it's Thursday, 7th day of December, as we are on this eve of Hanukkah 2023. And let's experience it this year. Let's go through this feast and say, Lord, we want everything that you have for us. And we've been speaking all week about it. I wanted to give a week to this. I think it's very important. Tomorrow we'll do a Supernatural Friday, but this is the story, the the challenge of assimilation to the world versus uh, warring against it. Uh, it'd be easier to assimilate than it would be to war, and I understand that. That's where the battle goes on. Um, we we fight this fight. It's a good fight. As I was recording here, um, we we talked about this worldview, the, the way we see the world through the eyes of the Spirit, the eyes of Scripture, is different than the world because, see, the Spirit of this age wants us to worship the body, worship the flesh, let yourself be your own God. That's really what we've been talking about as well. And then yesterday we, we talked about um, the innocence and having pure innocence in us and then the oil and the wine. As I was um, recording this um i'm sitting here and i received a a note from our uh a friend of mine about our speaker of the house mike johnson and mike's a believer we know that and well there's a liberal politician or pundit he's a political pundit in our state louisiana and he made a quote that i think is really interesting he said that mike johnson and what he believes because he has a biblical worldview is one of the greatest threats we have today to the United States. He said, I promise you, I know these people. (laughs) I'm sorry, I enjoyed that. Because why? We are a threat when we have a value system that's different than theirs. That's what the Maccabees were. They were a threat to the Greek culture because they chose not to be of the world. They were in it, but not of it. And when they rose up, as one, they began to fight, and they overthrew the world system at that time. They tried to come back later. Jesus comes. He overthrew it again. And so God always sends us in cycles. He keeps a remnant, the oil and the wine. That's what it represents, a remnant of people that he keeps to make sure that this faith, this light is not put out. Um, 
that we are at a place in the spirit where we can't give up right now. We have to keep going on the fight. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. That's the ultimate prophetic. We war with that prophecy, 1 Timothy 1.18. That's a prophecy that we war with. We're not going to give up. And we are at a place where uh, God is going to be faithful to us if we're faithful to him. Now, as we shared yesterday, the oil, there was enough oil in this story for one day. It lasted eight. They won the battle. But it, the candle speaks of so many different things. In our marriage ceremonies, many times we do what we call a unity candle, right? We have, we have uh, three candles there, uh, one for the spouse, and a male, and one for the female, and then also one in the center that's not lit. And because what happens is we came from different lights, our mothers, you know, they brought life to us. But then when we join together, we take away our two different lights and we become one light. So we, we have each of the couple, the male and the female, the woman, men, and they take their candles and they light the one and they blow out their own, which meant they're no longer living the light that they came to the relationship with. They're now living as one. Well, that's what we did. We came out of the light of the world, the, the, the worldly system, the spirit of the age. And when we unified with Christ, we put our light out and we entered into the light of the spirit. When we do Shabbat at our house, my wife Susan lights the candles and she says, we leave the light of this world and we enter into the light of Yeshua because that's what happens. And so Hanukkah is a picture of that. That candle, that center candle, which is the spirit of God, the seven spirits of God, but the center one is the spirit of the Lord. And you would take that one and light the other six spirits with because all spirits are tied to the spirit of the Lord. So these candles, are, they light them with one flame. It's a symbol of unity that the, the spirit of God is on the spirit of word, on a spirit of knowledge, a spirit of the fear of the Lord, you know, all the different ones, wisdom, counsel, all the different ones is lit by the spirit of the Lord. They're a measure of the fullness of the spirit, right? So Jesus was all seven spirits fully. He didn't have measures like we do. We have gifts and measures. He did not. He had them all. Now, it's available to us to get it, but he walked in them all. And according to its value, uh, it connected the two. The word candle in Hebrew, ner, equals 250. And when you put the two together, it's 500. They become a whole number. It symbolizes that the two who would be joined in marriage. And there's something about this light. I, I, I've told this story before, but I think it's an important story, a uh, historical story. Um, after the Holocaust, Americans were rescuing the Jews from concentration camps. And one Jewish soldier, soldier put on his kippah uh, as he went in to, to just identify himself with the Jewish people, that, that he was Jewish. And he saw this young, young Jewish boy, he was about 12 years old, and the boy was afraid, and he ran into the forest. And the American tells him, wait, wait, I'm Jewish, um, and he wants to talk to him. And the boy's afraid, and he runs over to a tree, and he starts digging and digging, and the boy pulls out a big silver menorah, an antique one that's very precious. And the boy told him in this story that the Germans were chasing them, 
and he buried it there, and he came back to pick it up as it was the only thing that was left from his family. The soldier asked the boy what happened to his family. He said he didn't know that they were all separated, and he assumed that his family was dead. And he asked the boy what he was going to do, and he said he didn't know. He had nothing left since the Germans had taken his home. And so the Jewish soldier told him that he would take him to America put him in the yeshiva, and move him to Manhattan, New York. And then once at home, a Jewish man from New York, uh, a New York City Jewish Museum, had come and saw the menorah that the little boy had set up in the house, and he wanted to buy it. And he said that that's there. was uh, There was only like four of them in the world, and it was extremely rare. I think he offered him like 50000 for it. This would be the 1940s, so you can imagine what that was worth. Um, this could have set that boy pretty much for life. But the boy said, no, it's the only memory I have of my family. And he refused to sell it. I think the, the Jewish museum came several times to ask, and he turned them down each time. Well, several months later, it was Hanukkah, this, the feast that we're celebrating today. And the boy was asked if he could light the menorah and put it in the window. It was a, a lower floor uh, there in Manhattan where most Jews live, and everybody was walking in Manhattan would see it as they'd walk by this street. The first two days, the boy lit the menorah, and, and he would cry because the, of the memories of the family and the memory of Hanukkah and the story. Well, on the third day, as prophetic, a woman who was walking by saw the menorah. She knocks on the door begins to cry and ask, where did you get that menorah? And he tells her it belongs to a boy who lives with him, and, and uh, he'd gotten him from Germany, etc. And the boy comes out, and the woman shouts and screams because it was the boy's mother. The only way that they could find each other was through the menorah. Look, it's an important that the boy's destiny was tied not to wealth, but to remembrance of what God did on this holiday and what it meant for the connection of his family. Now, how important for us that we serve God and not mammon. That this feast that we're celebrating this week is the feast of his light and it's what connects us as a community. So in a sense, we have, I always teach this, that when I teach on the menorah, that we have the menorah in us. It's in our spirit man. Um, that we have a, a portion of him in us. That it, the light of the seven spirits of God are in us as well. And so that's what the, the menorah represents. And if we understand that, we can walk in the fullness of that, of what it represents in our life. The seven spirits of God, which is is uh, located in Isaiah, the 11th, uh, the 11th chapter of Isaiah, where he describes it. It's also written about in the book of, Jer- I mean, in the book of Revelations when we see this, but here's what it says. Then the, the shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, and the branch from its roots will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord, that's the center one of the seven, if you were to line them out, and the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, those would be the two outside ones the spirit of counsel and might, the closer ones, and the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the ones that are closest to the spirit of the Lord. 
And he says, And he will delight in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make his decision by what his ears hear. But the righteous he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and the breath of his lips, and he will slay the wicked. Also righteousness will be the belt about his loins and faithfulness the belt about his waist. And the wolf will dwell with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the young goat and the calf with the young lion and the fatling together and the little boy will lead them, speaking of the coming Messiah, (laughs) and the cow and the bear will graze, their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw with the ox and the nursing child will play uh, by the hole of the cobra and the weaned child will put his hand on the viper's den and they will not hurt or destroy in my holy mountain for the earth is the full, I'm sorry, the earth will be full of the knowledge of God, or the knowledge of the Lord, and the waters will, as the waters cover the sea. Then in that day, the nations will resort to the root of Jesse, and who will stand as a signal for the peoples, and his resting place will be glorious. And then it says in 11.11, and it will happen on that day that the Lord will again recover for a second time with his hand the remnant people who will remain from Assyria, Egypt, Pathros, Cush, Elam, Shinar, Hamath, and from the islands of the sea. This is about the regathering of not just um, the Jewish people, but the faith back to the menorah. The very thing that they got put in diaspora for, uh, Jesus who came, who was the light of the world, right? The world rejected it. And they were sent across the oceans and across the world, and that's where they've been for these 2,000-plus years. But when the spirit of Hanukkah comes back fully, the marriage of the Supper of the Lamb, what's going to happen? He'll regather everybody back to the land. Ooh, think about that. A child will hang out with a cobra. This is going to be beautiful, the beautiful message of Hanukkah. And just like this young boy, You know, he lit that in memory. Let us light our hearts in memory of what Jesus did. And let's remember that the goodness of God is what guides us every day, and it directs us. So on this Hanukkah, 5784, on this time, as take all the message we released this week, and let's put it together as one message, and let's say the Spirit of the living God would be upon us. Let us rise, shine. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. And there's great darkness, but we will rise and be the light. We'll be that Hanukkah light. We'll be the very thing that God has put in the world. And we're going to be, see, the word Hanukkah means to start something new. In the very beginning, said, let there be light. And that was the light of the heavens, not the sun. Let there be light upon all of us today that we would bring his light into a dark, chaotic, formless world that is void of the Lord. But we have the fullness of the Spirit of God and His Spirit's in us. So with the Hanukkah message today, we release it into the earth. In the name of Yeshua, I release it. Amen and amen. Well, pray you're blessed this week. Come back tomorrow for a Supernatural Friday as we share another Supernatural testimony. See ya. Well, welcome again. Thanks for listening each and every day here on our podcast. It's a special week as we're covering the Feast of Hanukkah. We pray you will 
embrace the truth of that. We'll actually speak on it uh, this coming Sunday as we celebrate the feast in this hour. What an important time to stay in this oil of the Lord as he pours into us and gives us eternal flame to fight the fight. Check us out again on all our platforms, especially our our website, ChristianCentersReport.com, and our app. Thanks for giving, and thanks for being a part of what we're doing. God bless.